Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets stay in your lane in the storm. I want to thank you for joining me. This is part 30 of the storm series. If you are a first time listener, I encourage you to listen to parts 1 through 29 to catch up. The intended target of this podcast series is to encourage individuals during the many aspects of the storms one will encounter in life. I believe an area where encouragement is needed for some is the importance of staying in their individual lane in life, and especially staying in your lane or staying in a person's lane when they are going through their individual storms. Sometimes some people get out of their lane and cause issues for other people. And when I say stay in your lane, think about a person who is driving on a freeway or a person who's driving on the street. Most streets and freeways have markers where lanes are drawn in and these lanes are placed or they are identified on a freeway or a highway or street so that people can travel in an organized, safe way. When a person is about to merge to another lane on a freeway, when they're about to make that change, it's advised that they turn on their turn signal. And it's recommended that when they turn this turn signal on, they give passengers some time to be able to identify that before they just jump into another lane. There are some drivers who get in different lanes, they merge into different lanes on the freeway or the street, whatever they do, and they do not signal. Now, it's always best when other vehicles on the road have some space in between. It's ideal that people have space in between, people are following these rules, people are paying attention, but that's not the case all the time. Sometimes individuals in vehicles, they jolt in front of different people, they squeeze into spaces that they really can't fit. They're making moves that are not safe. They're not signaling to passengers of what's going on, where people can even make the necessary adjustments to accommodate what they're trying to do. They're just doing what they want to do haphazardly with no accountability, no responsibility. And when people do certain things in life, some people do certain things in life, getting into the wrong lanes at the wrong time without signaling, it causes issues. It can lead to, if we're talking about a vehicle on a freeway or street or whatever it is, it can lead to injury, damage, and negative consequences. That's why it's important not only on the roadways to stay in your lane, it's important in life to stay in your lane. But when people don't stay in their lane, issues arise, issues come up, and it causes a ripple effect for other people to encounter things that they possibly didn't even need to encounter had they just stayed in their lane. And I believe some of you can agree with this and you know it's just the truth, it's facts. Let's think about some sports when you're watching these sporting events or if you are an athlete where you had to stay in your lane, whether you ran track, whether a person was in a swimming competition, a horse race, whatever it is. 
it's important as we go through and journey through our own storms, running our own life race, that we stay in our lane. Children have to stay in their lane when they converse with adults. And I'm talking about a healthy relationship with healthy interaction. Friends have to stay in their lane when they communicate with each other, or they should stay in their lane. People in any type of relationship, whether it be a marriage, some type of sibling, parents with their sons and daughters or grandchildren, no matter what age range it is, people have to stay in their lane. People have to stay in their lane as it relates to their relatives, when they're dealing with a teacher or an educator, other students, if they're an educator or a teacher or administrator, People have to stay in their lane when they're dealing with their bosses, their co-workers, any type of leader. Everybody has a lane. And one person can be operating in several different lanes a day because they have so many different roles. And when I say that, the example is a person could be a parent. By them being a parent, they have a lane they need to stay in, a lane of authority, a lane of communication, a lane of respect, a lane of discipline. Not only is that one person a parent, let's say they're a boss. So they have to stay in their lane when they deal with their employees. Not only is that person a parent and a boss, that person is also a son or a daughter. Now they have to stay in their lane as they communicate and interact with their parents. Not only are they a parent, a boss, a son or a daughter to someone, they're a sibling, so they have to stay in a lane. They are a community member, they have to stay in their lane. They are a student in something, they have to stay in their lane. They're a teacher to someone, they have to stay in their lane. They are a spouse to someone, they have to stay in their lane. They are a friend to someone, they have to stay in their lane. They're a mentor to someone. They have to stay in their lane. You see, a person can be one individual, but operating in different lanes. That's why it's important to ask God for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment. As we go through these storms of life, not only are we going through the storm, we have to make sure we stay in the lanes that God has us in for his specific purpose and based off the responsibilities that have been given to us. We can't go around, or one should not go around, crossing lanes, because when a person cross lanes, they are bringing in problems. You start crossing people, and when you cross people, you got some issues on your hand. Now, as it relates to the example I just provided, as a person being a parent, a spouse, a daughter, a son to somebody, a relative to someone, a teacher, a student, a mentor, boss, leader to someone, community member to someone, it doesn't mean that they'll always be in that role. Some roles you're going to be in to the day that you die. If you're a parent, you'll always be a parent. If you are a sibling, you'll always be a sibling. If you are a daughter or son, you'll always be that. That's something you'll always be. But as it relates to these lanes of promotion, a person can be a student, but they can graduate from being a student in 
a certain capacity because I believe we're all students. We'll always be students. We're always learning something. But let's say somebody is in one degree of a position and then they're promoted to another degree. That's a different lane. And when it's time to get to that next lane in life, God has provided signals that we can use to show people, and he's going to show people too. He knows how to signal, and he knows how to alert other people around you that it's time for them to switch lanes. This is the lane that they will be traveling in. This is the lane that they'll be driving in. This is the lane that they'll be operating in. It happens. God knows how to switch us from one lane to another. And he knows how to switch us from one lane from being a child to a grown adult, dealing with our adult parents where they had to look at the signals that you can't talk to these children of yours the same because they're adults now. You can't speak to these grandchildren the same because they are adults now. Can't speak to your siblings the same because they are adults now. It's time to switch the lanes. It doesn't mean that the relationship is over. It doesn't mean that the purpose is over. It just means that we're journeying through to our destination in a different lane. On the same freeway. In the same tribe, on the same street, with the same family, with the same loved ones, with the same perceived goals, it doesn't mean that somebody just jumped freeways. It's just a different lane. And as we're in these different lanes, how are you operating in the storm? And some people are not operating effectively because they are not staying in their lane. And it could be they're not standing in their lane because they want to get in God's lane and handle their storm as if they are all-knowing, as if they're in the same lane and can travel the same lane that God travels in. And nobody can even conceptualize the lane that God is in. It's important for us to stay in the lanes that God has put us in and ask Him for wisdom and discernment on how to operate in this lane until it's time to turn on the signal or he provides the new signal for us to switch over into another lane, whether we are in a storm or not. There are major consequences when people don't stay in their lane, thinking they can get into another lane when they feel like it and perform in that lane while they are making claims that they're supposed to be in that lane at that time. It will be a situation take place that's not good, and it will have lasting, long consequences and unfavorable results. When people do that, it causes problems. If there are consequences associated when a person doesn't stay in their lane in everyday activities, like driving, or if somebody just gets in somebody's lane during an athletic competition, what makes you think or what makes a person think that as they're going through their storms of life that there aren't any consequences associated with jumping in and jolting in the wrong lane at the wrong time without signaling? There are storms that we go through in life that can invoke all types of emotions 
emotions where pain points are hit, triggers are hit, doubt comes up, fear hoovers around, and the unknown appears to be just choking the life out of you. And this is going on while the enemy wants you to distrust God's word so you can get out of your lane and step into a lane that you have no business being in. It is easier said than done to tell somebody, hey, I understand you're going through this, but just stay in this lane. If you're being hit with abuse, you're being hit with all these storms that's triggering things from your past and your present, and you feel like you are suffocating, the first thing a person might want to do is jump into a lane. But even during those times where we're experiencing the most hurt, And we are going through this uncomfortable season of life. It's important that we stay in our lane. Because when we don't stay in our lane, we end up doing things, trying to get out of our lane. And we are going against God or a person could go against God. They end up hurting themselves or they put other people in danger. Satan wants you to distrust God and look at the lane you're in. Look at the lane and he wants you to make rash decisions. He doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you seeking godly counsel. He doesn't want you to talk to anybody who has any sense. He doesn't want you talking to anybody who is going to pray on your behalf. He wants to put your pain in front of you, look at what you're going through, and don't look at God. He wants you to look at the heat and not the purpose. He wants you to look at the now and not the later. He wants you to step out of your lane as he whispers, hey, everything will be okay. You know, because people taking too long and this is just too rough, you know. Go ahead and just... Jump in front of this situation without signaling to God in prayer regarding what you're going through, how you feel, and how it's just messing with you. Hey, don't signal to God. Just jump out. Get in front of this situation. I mean, people taking too long to let you get over in life. Just do it. Hurry up. The exit is coming up. Just jump in front. And get off of this thing. Don't signal either. Just do it. When a person does that, think about real life. Think about real life when you're driving. When people do that, when they just make these haphazard moves off of emotion, what do you see on the news? What do you see? You see accidents. You see negative consequences. You see people impacted. Not saying that they're bad people. Not saying that they're supposed to be perfect. It just shows you what can happen. Now, you have instances where you are driving down life's highway. God tells you to signal. You choose not to signal. He tells you when to get off and you don't get off. Now you're in a storm because if you do something still out of order, it can cause issues for other people. Other people are impacted as well as you. 
And as it relates to the context of this podcast series, I'm talking about being in storms, making haphazard moves, not talking to God, doing things your way with no direction, not asking God for wisdom, clarity, discernment, revelation on what to do, just doing any and everything, jumping and jolting in front of people, causing all kinds of havoc. When all they were supposed to be doing was journeying through the storm with the sailor, divine sailor, and asking God, Lord, give me the sign. What's the signal? What do I need to do? Whether a person is in a storm or not. When you ask God, God has already promised this. When we ask him for wisdom, he will give it to us. No matter what storms we're going through. Even if you do have to make an impromptu decision, God will still give you what you need to make the right turn signal to do what you need to do. He'll let you know when to get to the next lane, even if you have to make a decision in the next five seconds. The issue with some people, I've done this, jumped in front of God. Matter of fact, I've done it several times. I'm not even going to say that, oh, I'm going to stop doing that because I don't know. I would like to not do it, but I'm not a perfect person. But I do aim towards the target of prayer, asking God for wisdom, direction, discernment, protection. Lord, show me, give me clarity. I'm not sure about this. But sometimes things occur. Feelings and emotions cloud my thinking, and I could do some things that I have no business doing, and I impact other people. Now, God knows how to turn the situation around for my good because all things are working together for my good. But I should aim, and a person should aim to choose staying in their lane. Not getting so caught up in whatever you have going on in the storm that you just want to do your own thing, it causes issues. It causes so many problems. The goal, the aim, the motivational target, and the target in real life is to stay in our lane. As I said earlier, Satan wants you to focus on what's going on. He wants you to focus on the traffic, but not letting you know how the traffic was produced, why it's going on. Because he can present through that traffic a lie, have a person panic, and a person is ready just to get off from a lie. Get in the wrong lane because of a lie. His aim, Satan's aim, is to influence somebody during their pain points, during high levels of excitement. They could be emotional, happy, or sad. And then to make them think if they get out of their lane and do things this way, then you'll have a better outcome. But when people make the decision to follow Satan's word over God's word, the outcome is negative. It's more than what a person thought it would be. And it impacts people directly and indirectly whether it's for a short period of time or a long period of time. 
We have some examples in God's word where people got out of their lane. It doesn't mean that they were bad people. It doesn't mean that they were just a lost cause. It doesn't mean that God didn't love them anymore. They got out of their lane in a storm. Who's the first one? Or the first ones? When you open your Bible, Genesis, bam, there they are. Adam and Eve got out of their lane. They were consuming what they were not supposed to consume because they were going through a storm of the mind and a storm of negative influence. And these consequences of what they did have an impact on us today. We have Abraham, once again in Genesis, going through an identity storm, a legacy storm, storms of pressure, so he wanted to get out of that lane. Not only did he want to get out of that lane, his wife wanted to get out of that lane. And what did they do? They got out of their lane, got into another lane with somebody, produced a child. All kinds of lanes were crossed. People were bumping into each other. Road rage was going on. People honking at each other. People on the side of the road with the hazard lights on because they missing parts and missing relationships, missing unity. And that impacted countless people because people got out of their lane. Does it make them a bad person? No. Do you see why they got out of their lane? Yes. Can you relate with how they got out of their lane and why they did? Yes. But... Based off the end, looking at the beginning, we can see, hey, man, we shouldn't have got out of this lane. We should have just stayed the course. And when it was time to signal, get over when God says get over. But when we jolt in front of God, jolt in front of what he has planned, he does promise that he can work it out for our good. But sometimes it's unnecessary things we put ourselves in where now we've created storms we didn't even have to be in. Another example of a person who didn't stay in their lane is Saul. He was going through some storms in life. And before I get into that example, I encourage you to read 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter in its entirety. But what's going on is Israel wants a king. The nation of Israel wants a king. They want this king to rule over them. God is already their king. And God put Samuel, the prophet, to judge the nation of Israel and to serve as the prophet and the leader for the nation. But the Israelites, they didn't want that. They wanted a king like the other countries and nations around them. They wanted a man to lead them. They didn't want God leading them. And right there, people who don't want God to lead them, they are out of their lane. They're out of it. They are not in their lane. So God tells the people through Samuel, okay, they want a king, but I want to let you know that they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They rejected me. I'm the one who is leading them, but they don't want me to lead them. So let me give them what they think they want. That's a lesson right there in itself. Sometimes you do have to allow people. They want to reject you. 
Gotta let them reject you so they can have what they think they want. And then as time goes by, they realize this ain't what I want. I don't want this at all. But let me get back on this example. The people reject Samuel. They reject God. And they get what they think they want. Although Samuel provides them with warnings of, okay, if you get this, this is what's going to happen. But they, I want it anyway. This is what I want. So, as you read, you will discover how God breaks it down to the Israelites of all the hardships they will encounter, or they did encounter, or they would encounter, let me say that, if they get this king. They don't care. They want what they want. That's another issue when people don't stay in their lanes. They are provided with the consequences if you jump out of the lane but they still want to do what the heck they want to do the way they want to do it, despite the consequences associated with it. So back to this example. Saul, even though he's the king, he has a lane that he's supposed to be in. And Samuel, the prophet and the judge, he has his lane he's supposed to be in as a priest of God, a prophet, and a judge. What happens is it's a war going on between Israel and the Philistines. And the Philistine army, they were a pain to the Israelite nation. And Saul, the king, he needed an army to defeat the Philistines. So Saul's son, Jonathan, goes out and attacks some Philistines and it's on. Now the Philistine army is ready to attack. They're ready to fight in these large numbers. Shout out to the dog in the background. We hear him or her, but we're going to go ahead and um, press forward and press through because I have things to do. So back to the story. The men of Israel see this. They see how the Philistines are ready to fight. And they're like, oh my goodness, we're in a storm. They don't understand why we're going through this. We're trying to get ready for battle, but these people are coming to attack us. We aren't prepared. So they are in a storm. So the Israelites, they start hiding in caves, holes, cisterns, thickets. They are hiding under rocks, behind rocks. Some even crossed a river to go to another city because they are in a storm. It's too much. We're not ready for this. We're leaving. But Saul, remember, he's the king. He's in the same storm, but he's a leader also. The people who he thought were supposed to be fighting this battle, they dipped out on They left, departed. So he's going through this storm because he doesn't have the military or the army there to fight this enemy. And he's a newly appointed king. So people are looking at him like, King Saul, what's up? How are you going to handle this? How are you going to handle this battle? What you going to do? They had no faith in this man. Now, they wanted this man. They wanted the king. But they really didn't want the king. Because if they really wanted the king, they would have stood by the king. They would have had faith in the king. Because when these issues popped off, they popped out. And they left. And look, you have the king in the situation. Now, he has to wait. King Saul, he has to wait for Samuel. 
because he needs the direction and the guidance on what to do and how to proceed as he's going through this storm. He needs God's direction on what to do. So he's got to wait in the storm. He's got all these pressures going on in and around him. He's fearful. He hears the whimpers and whines of his troops. He could have heard what people were saying in the background. Like, I mean, this man don't even know what he's doing. We should have never asked for a king. Man, I should have never asked for a king. We was better off just serving God. What, what was I thinking about? What did I see in him? What did I see in this king? When God was our king, we didn't have to go through these type of issues. Now that he's our king, look what we're going through. This is what I get. This is what we get for asking and co-signing for a king. And he a youngster, too. Now, Saul is going through all of that. As he's going through his storm, and people could have been talking, people left him. We know that. And some people quit their job that day, Okay. They saw the pressures, and they like, mm, I'm out. So, Saul has to wait for Samuel. So the pressures are high, and King Saul, not Priest Saul, and not Prophet Saul, got out of his lane as King Saul, and he gets into another storm because he got out of his lane. So I'm going to read. 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter, and the 9th through the 14th verse. So Saul said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. Then he offered the burnt offering. Just as he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. So Saul went out to greet him. And Samuel asked, What have you done? Saul answered, when I saw that the troops were deserting me and you didn't come within the appointed days and the Philistines were gathering at Michmash, I thought the Philistines will now descend on me at Gilgal and I haven't sought the Lord's favor. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, you have been foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. It was at this time that the Lord would have permanently established your reign over Israel, but now your reign will not endure. The Lord has found a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people, because you have not done what the Lord commanded. So you heard all of that. Just like you hear that dog in the back. That dog is not playing today, okay? This dog is not playing. So Saul didn't stay in his lane. He tried to give an excuse of why he got out of his lane due to the storms of life. But those excuses didn't work. You heard them. He was going through a storm. People were deserting him. He has to wait on God in the storm. And it's taking too long. So let me go ahead and figure out what I need to do and what I can do. Jolt and get in front of God because I don't like this storm I'm in. And what happened? He lost his position. He put people in danger. He disobeyed God. He forfeited his rights as king. He tried to justify what he did. And those excuses meant nothing. 
because obedience is supreme, waiting on God is the right thing to do, and staying in our lane is vital. And we see how Saul forced himself and chose to get out of his lane in the storm because God was taking too long. And he was hoping that Samuel, the person whose lane he got into, understood and was okay with it. No one is rarely okay when they're going through life and people boss hog their lane. When they have their own lane that they need to be mastering. And when you read the chapter in its entirety, you will discover, once again, that chapter is 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter. But when you read that chapter, you will discover how Saul's actions caused more issues in the storm. And this is a lesson for us. We can look at Saul and say, oh my goodness, all he had to do is wait. All he had to do was be a leader. All he had to do was do the right thing. I mean, who cares if people leave you? If people leave your life, just let them leave. Because it's their time to go. That is so true. That is so true. But even if people desert us and leave and reject us, we still have to stay in our lane. Whether they reject us, leave, desert, dip out, whatever it is, we still have to stay in our lane. That's our responsibility. And we can't jump into different lanes because of what somebody else did that's on us just like it's on them and we can say all these things about Saul but has God ever put you over something has God ever anointed you and appointed you to be a leader over something has God ever put you in the lane he has for you I already know he has but when he put you in that lane Can you say with all honesty that you've never jumped ahead of God? You never jumped out of your lane. You never jumped ahead of doing something that God told you to wait on. And you knew you had to wait. But God is taking too long. That opportunity that God promised you is taking too long. That desire, man, that's taking too long. It's just taking too long, so I'm already in the storm. I don't like the way I feel. I have several storms within storms taking place. Man, I, I'm I'm through with this. I'm ready to get out of this lane. I know I'm supposed to stay in this lane, although it's uncomfortable because God has given me the foresight and the insight to see, okay, if I stay here and just follow God's will, This is going to be better than anything I've ever experienced or imagined, but it's just taking too long. I don't like this. And then when you jumped out, didn't signal to God that you were even going to do it because, you know, if you signal, he might not have let you over. You know how it is when you're trying to exit, you're driving, and somebody behind you don't want to let you get over. So you do signal, but they just create an area where you can't have any space to even get in the right lane and what do you do or what do I do put that sneak attack because you see them looking at you because they want to show you you're not getting over in this lane so you just fix your demeanor make it look like oh I'm not getting over I just made a mistake I just made an error you go up a couple of cars you see somebody slipping get right on in 
and then do what you want to do. Now, that could be another podcast episode where sometimes you can't let people know your next move. But as it relates to the context of this episode, sometimes people don't want to signal because they don't want God to create a situation where they can't get over. Because by them not getting over, they have to sit in something where they have to learn something. And they don't, they don't want to go through that lesson. And it's not for us to do. We have to stay in our lane even when it's uncomfortable. When people are falling away from you, they're deserting you, they're rejecting you, they're showing you, they don't want to be around you, and you just don't even know what to do. You have to still, or a person has to still stay in their lane. We have to pray for wisdom. We have to trust God's timing, no matter who runs from you, no matter who deserts you, no matter who you thought would take on the battles of life with you, no matter who tells you, oh, we're going to be together forever. You my soulmate. You my person. You my life partner. You're my best friend. You're my king. You are my queen. <laughs> no matter what people say, you have to trust God. And when people leave, understand God will never leave you. So if God will never leave you, stay in your lane. Because he'll never create a situation where he's going to forsake you like other people have. God is not going to do the same thing other people have done to you. And knowing that, that gives somebody enough hope or gives them some hope and confidence that let me stay here because God is going to come through for me. These lessons in God's word serve as lessons for us to evaluate our life and understand, Lord, I don't want to get in front of you. I don't want to not signal and jump and jolt my way trying to create spaces and lanes I have no business being in at the time. I want to stay in my lane. I want to stay in my lane while I'm trusting you during the great moments of life and during the storms. Now, I know I provided those examples, but I believe you can go through the Bible and pinpoint some people who stayed in their lane during the storms of life and they were blessed. And we can go through the Bible and look at people who got out of their lane and they endured and they had to go through some issues. I mean, they're there. You see the pros and cons of staying in your lane. But I want to provide a scripture reference for you to just leave you with. And that's 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter, and the 6th through the 11th verse. And it reads, The men of Israel saw that they were in trouble because the troops were in a difficult situation. They hid in caves, in thickets, among rocks, and in holes and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul, however, was still at Gilgal, and all his troops were gripped with fear. He waited seven days for the appointed time that Samuel had set. But Samuel didn't come to Gilgal, and the troops were deserting him. So Saul said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. Then he offered the burnt offering. Just as he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. So Saul went out to greet him, and Samuel asked, 
what have you done? I wanted to review this passage of scripture to let you hear and see that the storms of life hit us all as we are in different lanes, roles, positions, and seasons. But our aim should always be to seek God and wait, even when it is very uncomfortable. God knows how to deliver us. Don't allow anything to pressure you to the point where you have clear direction on what to do, but these storms of life hover around you and they harass you in order to get you out of your lane into a lane that you do not belong and in a lane that you weren't ordained to operate in. Okay, remain encouraged as you stay in your lane in the storm. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrobryant.com where you can sign up to receive your Aim Towards the Target weekly encouragement on the website. You can select from a variety of Bible plans you can complete individually or in a group setting. I also have inspiring apparel available. You can check out my Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. May God continue to protect, bless, strengthen, and cover you and all who belongs to you as you keep him first and aim towards your God-honoring targeted goals, whether you are in a storm or not. Don't forget his promise that those that love him, he is working all things together for their good. Okay? Peace and God bless.